Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Canever. Brian, what a night. We are peppered with rain. Um, the sun kind of came out. There was no thunder and lightning, but the result was not uh, what we wanted. One Knoxville was defeated by uh, North Carolina Fusion 2-1 to one, with a very interesting match, a very emotional match. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of in shock, as you can tell. I'll probably keep all my ums in this time. So, uh, Brian, how are you feeling? I'm feeling like it's a bittersweet end to an otherwise historic season. The night was perhaps ruined only by the scoreline because we saw one Knoxville faithful come out in droves again to support yep. their team. We saw them looking to will that redemption storyline mm-hmm. into reality having lost at Austin East 2-1 to open the season, hoping to get a crucial 2-1, 3-1, 4-1. Who knows what scoreline could have been manifest if, yep. if, if it didn't end the mm-hmm. way that it did. And I think that while the disappointment will linger for many of us, fans, players, coaches, the reality is that to become a, a club, to start your season, your first ever season at this level and win, with, the, with this support, with this support and win 13 games, you know, on the field, win 13 games, put together a really attractive product, score tons of goals in front of your fans mm-hmm. and then get this level of fandom where, you know, we're, we walk to our cars a good hour and a half after the game had ended and there are still scruffs that are out on the field right now. Yep. There are players on the field. Yep. There are scruffs that are out there speaking with the players. There are kids still getting signatures. Mm-hmm. Like This has been a really special sum- summer. We'll hear Sebastian Andreessen talk a little bit about that today. We only have two interviews for you, the gaffer, Mark McKeever, and Sebastian Andreessen, but it's been a special summer for everyone involved. So yeah. even though it is bittersweet, Patty, it is also a moment for us to reflect on how good it's been and how lucky we've been to experience Absolutely. this. I was talking with Mark McComas, who is a, a partner of One Knoxville, and just talking with the players of how Knoxville has made an impression upon them. Um, the city itself, the people, these are players in between college, you know, in, in summers that those places that you visit and those people that you meet are are pivotal in your life and development. And uh, as you'll hear Seba say, like Knoxville it has a, a deep spot in his heart. Um, and I know the rest of the team uh, and the coaches, um, you know, Knoxville has uh, impressed upon them. And yeah, we're just so thankful for the whole kit and caboodle, you know, the, 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 the team, the coaches, the staff, the players, the fans, even just, yeah, all the venues we've been at and just kind of, the outpouring of support, yeah, you can definitely kind of just feel it out on the field, um, even now, uh, like Brian said, an hour and a half after. Um, so we we have an outline of what we how we normally do our car takes, and I guess we gotta we gotta stick with it, even though I just want to go get my Taco Bell and just stuff my face and cry and then go to sleep. Yeah, before we hear from Coach and Seba, let's give a thanks to our longtime support of Markman's. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and. One Knoxville SC from the start. They are located at 6932 Kingston Pike. Markman's has been uh, Knoxville's choice for diamonds and five jewelry since 1976. Visit markmansdiamonds.com. And 
National Soccer Day was just a few uh, days ago, and Markman's posted on their Instagram their whole team in their practice kits and waving one Knoxville flag. And now just looking back on that, the question that we've asked all of everyone that we've interviewed, is Knoxville a, a soccer town? We can say yes. From this match, from Markman's support, from the Scruff support, from everyone turning out, yeah, Knoxville is a soccer town. All right, Brian, let's get into it. We can talk about the match and this the overall impressions. What yeah, what happened this evening? So, Patty, we saw a very different first half than we are used to seeing from one Knoxville. Pretty disjointed, obviously. Heading into the match, if you listened to our preview pod, you knew that North Carolina Fusion are one of the best teams in the country. They've been one of the best teams in the country for the past three years. They've won their division for three years. Last year in the Southern Conference Championship, they beat Tormenta from our division for 2 They made it to the final where they lost against the Des Moines Menace 1-0. It was always going to be a test. Yep, this was probably absolutely. the, right besides the Asheville City away match, this was probably going to be the toughest match of the season for one Knoxville. Jamesy e. Thomas told us a few weeks ago when we spoke heading into playoffs, there's no easy matches. Every opponent is hard. And that was the case. Fusion were so efficient on the ball. You saw them really change the game with three or four moves. Their passing was really slick, and they opened the scoring early through a Jao Gomeda free kick. He hit the post. Actually, Peter Swinkle saved, deflected the ball off the post, and it was Mason Duvall, who is the talisman, the leading goal scorer for the North Carolina Fusion, who tucked it away from inside the box. North Carolina didn't have a lot of possession of the ball in the first half, but they threatened every time they did have the possession. And one Knoxville just couldn't get it together. Zion Andrade looked like he was struggling in the first half. Lucas Sunison was the starting forward, and they were pinging balls up to him. Really, there was no hope of him getting to right. a lot of those balls. He was having to run all across this field, so I felt like there was a lot of chasing that he was doing, and it wasn't effective. Steven Afrifa really wasn't in the game in the first half, and so it was an unconventional first half from one Knoxville. How did you see it? Yeah, it seemed like Sunison was confused of what balls he was getting, when and where. Uh, a lot of them over the shoulder of him and, and running into the sunlight. And like we spoke at halftime, it just felt weird going into halftime being down. Uh, and and I'm like, well, I think this will be good. Mark McKeever is going to light a fire underneath him and, and get him going. And he very much did. But it, the, yeah, the first half just felt off. And that's what... I kind of saw the guys are going to get a real talking yep. to um, because assistant coach Dean Gray, when we spoke this morning about the team and the lineup and the message said, basically this game, it's going to be physical. It's going to have a lot of switches of momentum because fusion are a really good team and they can play both direct and indirect football, but it's really going to come down to who wants it more. The first half, you couldn't really tell the second half was a totally different story. You saw one Knoxville go in and make a change. Sebastian Andreessen coming on for Sunison, and he was colossal in the air. I think one Knoxville was the better team in the second half. They scored a goal through Danny Fernandez that was critical. They also had some close efforts from Steven Afrifra. Zion Andrade had a bicycle kick uh. shot that missed by only inches. McNally was huge. The goalkeeper was huge. I didn't want to ask him about this when we spoke because I don't want this to be the water that douses, you know, the flames that have been this, this really great, great, remarkable historic moment. But the referee intervened a lot in the second half. 
Zion and Draja had picked up a yellow card in the first half. We know that Zion has a tendency when he mispossesses the ball to lunge. And in the second half, as he was going to take a shot, he had actually taken a big touch and he was rearing up to take a shot at goal. And you saw him uh, run into the defender and the referee came and gave a second yellow and it was a red card. So suddenly one Knoxville was down a man and that was in the 72nd minute. Then eight minutes later, Moses Mensa goes and picks up a second yellow and gets red carded. Zion's was debatable. Mensa just had a mental lapse and it really looks like he was just wasn't of the right mind right there. He went in, lunged and picked up a second yellow. The referee was quick to the whistle. He had cautioned Andreessen, which probably limited Andreessen's ability to be physical because you knew, okay, now we're seeing reds come out. And that changed the game. And, you know, I talked to Danny Fernandez briefly after the match, and he said, you see a lot of teams that are playing 9v11, and they stack everybody at the back. They just try to play for PKs, and we didn't do that. We still played forward. You heard Mark McKeever shouting to the team, 4-4, 4-4. We're playing four defenders, four forwards. And unfortunately, got scored against in the 83rd minute on a set-piece opportunity. And even though they threw numbers forward, you saw Peter Swinkle as a goalie go up several times yep. when we thought it was all over. You know, literally being willing to lose 3-1. Yep just for the chance at tying the match. Um, and it just didn't come. Yeah. It just didn't come, and the match ended 2-1. NC Fusion were crowned Southern Conference champions, and they will go on to meet the Long Island Rough Riders in the national semifinal. Which is Sunday here at Austin East. Still amazing to see all the fans that stayed afterwards and even one Knoxville lads being dejected, coming over to the sideline, applauding the fans for being there. Yeah, it was just uh, a sight to be seen, an emotion to be felt after we've got the recap and the whole lowdown uh, of the match. Let's go ahead and get to the gaffer as he talks about the match as well as the whole feeling of Knoxville showing up to support uh, his merry men. So I have Mark McKeever here, head coach of One Knoxville SC, after the team bows out 2-1 to the North Carolina Fusion. Mark, I want to ask you first, not about the game, but about the fan response afterward. It's here. It's 10.43. The match ended over an hour ago, and we still have fans that are gathered around supporting the team. What's your reaction to the response, despite losing, of the home crowd this evening? Yeah, I think there's, there's special things going to happen in this city, and they're going to happen because of that crew that were behind us, supporting from start to finish. We, we, we tell the players, um, you've got to stick by each other through thick and thin. And I feel as though the fans are now those people who are through thick and thin. When things started to go against us, they lifted us up. And you saw the response in the second half when uh, we came out. We came out with a little bit more quality, a little bit more um, aptitude, a little bit more um, energy. But the fans just created it ten times more, you know. And, and the players fed off it, so... Yeah, I mean, those guys have made these young men lives so bloody good this summer. Um, they're going to walk away with this memory for the rest of their lives because of the fans. So you hinted at the fact that the first half, uh, it wasn't up to par with what you've challenged the players to this season. We saw a lot of unforced errors, not a lot of threat on goal, but then they came out rejuvenated in the second half. Sebastian Andreessen came on. We saw a lot more threat inside the opponent's 18, and then Danny Fernandez gets a goal. The momentum swings, 
we see two second yellows for one Knoxville player. So you're playing 11-9 to end the match. How do you feel overall about the product that you saw on the field and how the team performed this evening? Yeah, we were very poor in the first half. Really, really poor. Um, we didn't do the things that we were good at. And credit, credit to the Fusion. You know, they were better than us in the first half. Um, they've beat us in a second ball at set pieces. So they were sharper. They were better on the ball. They got it right and we weren't getting it right. But again, as you said, the flow of the game in the second half changed tremendously. Uh, we had a little talk at half time. The guys responded, and and you saw their effort, you saw their energy, you saw their body language. It just uh, it went from very poor to extremely, extremely good and extremely motivated to make these fans happy. So the season ends today. It's a bittersweet end to what's been an otherwise successful season with a division championship. 13 wins when Knoxville hasn't had something or rather the city of Knoxville hasn't had something like this to cheer on in a while. Do you have any parting thoughts, at least for this season, as this chapter closes on this evening, the season so far, and perhaps what's next? Yeah, so I believe we've built a, a really good base. Um, I think for, for any journey um, or to reach any type of level, the base has got to be intact. Uh, the strength of the base is now there, so we can build, and uh, sky is the limit from this point on. So it is, as you say, bittersweet. It's really bitter the fact that we're, we've lost tonight. It's really sweet that we've created a really, really strong foundation. And like I say, sky's the limit from that foundation that we've just built. And now let's end with uh, Sebastian Andreasen as he played and came on and was definitely the the wind in the sails of the, of the second half. Also hearing from him how much the fans mean to him and Knoxville means to him. I've got Sebastian Andreessen here with me, a player who really made the difference in the second half as one Knoxville tried to claw its way back into the match. Seba, perhaps no player has more closely identified themselves with the city or has been as well received in the city as you, I saw you walk to the fans and actually say sorry as soon as the match ended. What were your sentiments once the referee blew his final whistle and, and the season ended? It's just like you didn't want, you wanted, didn't want it to end. You know, it's been, it's been so, it's been so much fun this summer, and you know, you guys and like the supporters and like everyone in Oxford is taking so incredibly good care of us, and like you don't want that to stop. So you know, when when a situation like this appears and and it's over. You know, it, it hits hard, so it's like, just want to tell the people how much I appreciate them because it's uh, it's been probably the best summer of my life. I had so much fun. I, I got to play soccer. I got to be around people I love. I, uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been absolutely fantastic. When you compare that to the fact that you've won a national championship with Des Moines, you've played a lot of college soccer here in the U.S., I mean, what's been so special? Do you have any memories or anything that you'll really cherish from this year? Probably my best memory is uh, I got to score in front of my parents against Peachtree, uh, which is probably like one of the biggest, like the best memories I've like ever have because I haven't played in front of my parents in probably five years. So it's, uh, yeah, it's special. Oh, All right, I'm back with Seba. He was pulled aside as the team took one final group photo together. Seba, you were talking about uh, some of those special moments from this season, you mentioned scoring while your parents were here against Peachtree City. Uh, I'll let you finish that thought about special moments that you've experienced this summer. Obviously, winning like uh, our division was uh, like, and that boot we won, you know, that mountain boot 
those things are like you know that you cherish those moments so much because they're special to you you know you you put something on the map that's not going to get taken away from you because 2022 we won the our division and that's never going to take it away from us so it's yeah it's been a lot of good memories so i'm sure a lot of thoughts are swirling through your head as they are a lot of us here whether they're the players the fans who are still here over an hour after the game what's next for sebastian andres and what are the first things that are entering into your head about you know what what are what's next in your journey well first of all it's going back to arkansas to play play one last season there and then you know, try to do as best as I can there and have a have a good fall season and then, you know, see what, what the possibilities are after when um, when Christmas comes around. That's that's the plan. And hopefully my dream will be to, to sign a contract here. But, you know, we got to we got to prove we got to provide the product for that to happen. Do you have a parting message for the city of Knoxville as you prepare to leave and, and go to Arkansas? Thank you so much, Knoxville. I love you guys so incredibly much. I will never, ever forget you guys. Like, you guys have a special place in my heart and you will be there forever. All right, Brian, coming back. What are our parting thoughts for this match and short pod? Disappointed to lose. Uh, it's not a consolation at all because it doesn't affect Knoxville. And this is the city that we love and care about. But the other host in the central and western region des moines menace the national champions were actually eliminated as well tonight they lost in pks to the flint city bucks so actually your pick from our previous podcast actually worked out patty yep. so now in the national semifinals you're going to see the flint city bucks versus the ventura county fusion mm -hmm. and they'll be playing in des moines and then you are going to see the long island rough riders and north carolina fusion playing here assuming in front of a fairly empty stadium yep. on Sunday mm -hmm. uh, at Austin East. And so um, disappointing finish, but this is just the start. You know, this is one chapter in the book. We saw many players talking about what's next. We saw the owners, Drew McKenna, Mark McComas, Scott Buchanan, several of them were on the field, Nadim Gibran as well, interacting with the players and the staff. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of heartbreak, which is exactly what you want. Yeah, you know, for absolutely. you don't want players to be like, all right, well, we're done now. It's time yep. to go back to college. Mm -hmm. yep. You want them to be shattered. Um, and so I think that that was the feeling here. And hopefully from this, just like a Phoenix rises, we will see one Knoxville rise again. And we don't know if that's going to be in February of next year in USL 1, next summer in USL 2. I guess um, time will tell. I met some awesome people, uh, listeners of the pod, uh, in the stands. They even asked us, hey, what are you going to do in the offseason? Dear listener, there is not an offseason for soccer. Yes, there is an offseason for one Knoxville, but the great thing about this beautiful game is that UT Lady Vols soccer are teeing up middle of August. We're going to have several episodes bringing you all of UT Lady Vols, the reigning SEC champs. We are also, we've teased this a couple times, but we hope to have uh, high school correspondents to go and to cover uh, weekly matches. Uh, so please give us recommendations of what matchups we need to see. Um, drop that in the comments as well as on Instagram. That'd be fantastic. And then we have some local soccer legends uh, series coming up that we want to pull back the curtain of how deep soccer goes in Knoxville. That's what we have plans. Um, but also we're up for ideas. So please send us the pod ideas. We're down to do them. Um, yeah, but there's no off season for the Knox soccer pod. It is definitely the Knox soccer pod, not the one Knoxville sporting club official podcast. There is 
There's a lot more soccer to cover. And so uh, stay tuned. Make sure to follow along at knocksoccerpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a review. Share this with a friend. This whole back catalog of the one Knoxville season. I hope this is just a gift that keeps on giving. We and you will be able to reflect back on it and just see the awesome things that one Knoxville as well as the fans and the scruffs achieved. So we're heartbroken tonight, but we are super pumped about all the content we want to bring you guys to tell all the stories and to meet you guys out on the pitch. <sighs> yeah, it's late. Yeah, <laughs> We are tired. It's been a wonderful season. We still will have a final season recap That's for you yep. um, that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll get a couple of the players, coaches, and ownership on that podcast. That's to be determined. But uh, what I loved this morning, you saw Tennessee Lady Ball Soccer, who were actually honored this evening, yep. as well as Bearden Girls Soccer, the state champions. Both teams were honored at halftime. And you saw Tennessee Soccer um, tweet out Knox versus everybody yes. and share some one Knoxville content. And that's how we approach things here at the Knox Soccer Podcast. Mm -hmm. It's Knox versus everybody. So if you're in Knoxville, you're down with us. Yep. Let's go. All right, Knoxville. We'll catch you in the next one. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.